Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Armchair Booking Podcast. My name is Steve. My co-host is Kyle. Say hello, Kyle. Good evening, wrestling fans. And tonight's subject is going to be probably Kyle's favorite subject ever. We're going to be discussing Brock Lesnar. And before I do, if, if anybody would like to contact us, our email address is armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to hook, look us up on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash armchairbookingpodcast. And to listen to us, we are on iTunes, the iTunes podcast. We are also on Stitcher. Or you can just go to the Blog Talk Radio website. If you want to have the link, just give us a shout. If anybody wants to actually call in as a guest tonight, it's area code 319. 527-6089. So, Kyle, now that we got that out of the way, tell us about your favorite man, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is my favorite current wrestler, probably my favorite wrestler of the last 10, 15 years because he's real. And this is a Male soap opera, but when Brock Lesnar is on the screen, he is one of the few, maybe the last, of, well, that guy's real, you think? Yeah, I mean, no, I don't think anybody would argue about the legitimacy of Brock Lesnar, because you look at his, his pedigree, his, his athletic background with you know, being an NCAA wrestler, and then um, you know, being an NCAA champion wrestler, and his uh, first uh, stint in the WWE, you know, through OVW, and then when he left and he tried out for the Vikings, and then uh, went to UFC, and then now his stint back with the WWE. Um, so, Brock is uh, only two years older than me. Uh, born in 1977. Yeah, he just had a birthday a few weeks ago. Happy birthday, Brock. And uh, South Dakota farm boy. Grew up, uh, you could say, lower middle class as a dairy farmer. Probably. And got into, got into high school wrestling, uh, sports in general, as you learn about him. And had a exceptional gift for physical combat having played football and he placed third as a senior in the state of South Dakota as a high school wrestler goes to junior college two-time junior college national champion goes to a wrestling uh, tournament, the Bison Tournament, gets recruited by the University of Minnesota, goes from junior college to the University of Minnesota as a junior, places second, uh, is an All-American wrestler, which means he placed top eight in his heavyweight division. As a senior, goes on to win a national championship in overtime, but tremendous match if you've got to see it. The man lost five times 
in 111 matches in college. That's incredible. He went 106 and five on the wrestling mat. So that's around 96, 97%, isn't it? That, that, that's very rare company. (laughs) Yeah. To, to put it lightly, you know, Jim Ross, Gerald Briscoe at the time, recruit him at the university of Minnesota, recruit his roommate and assistant coach Shelton Benjamin. And they go on to OBW best wrestling tag team name ever here. The Minnesota stretching crew. You ever got to see any of those matches? I haven't. I'll have to, is there a way to look them up on YouTube or maybe even the network? <laughs> There's a few on YouTube where he is uh, learning the craft, but the Minnesota stretching crew, just they they wore um, Minnesota themed outfits. Um, it, although he went on to great single success, what a what a great way to bring him in Two naturally gifted, incredible athletes who were fundamentally sound in the actual sport of amateur wrestling. Uh, they won three, three tag team championships in OVW split up. And I don't know if you remember the debut of Lesnar with Paul Heyman the night after WrestleMania in 2002, but he's doing pull-ups on a V-bar, which are really hard to do, and destroys Al Snow, Maven, Spike Dudley, uh, took on the Hardy Boys as he's learning, defeats Jeff Hardy by knockout, takes out um, Matt Hardy, knocks him out during the during the match, and goes on same year. Now this is three months into his career. Wins the King of the Ring tournament. And still watching wrestling heavily at this time. But on SmackDown, Brock Lesnar versus Hulk Hogan. I don't know if you got to watch that match. I did not because if it was during the King of the Rain time uh, in 2002, I would have been deployed. So I would not have had a chance to watch it. So this match is significant because he beat Hulk Hogan with a bear hug. Submit, Submit or pass out? Pass out and beat Hogan with the bear hug and is one of the few people who have ever beaten Hulk Hogan one and Hulk Hogan's never got that victory back. Oh, okay. goes on that year to defeat the rock at SummerSlam comes the youngest heavyweight champion, age 25 won his first WWE championship 
in 126 days. Wow. Because I do remember, I remember seeing him before um, I had to deploy, and I'm thinking, okay, who is this guy? He is going to be something, as long as he doesn't get hurt. That's the thing, because we've seen plenty of times where we have uh, somebody who's got a ton of potential, but then something happens and they end up getting hurt, you know, do no fault of their own, and it just it ends it right there. And so, but I mean, obviously he stood the test of time. He's left and then come back again and gotten even well, bigger since he came back. Well, he same year 2002 goes on to beat the Undertaker and ends up losing the title to the Big Show at the Survivor Series. And this is where Paul Heyman turns on him. He gets into another feud with uh, Kurt Angle. Um, And Russell John Cena. Um, There's a couple others. Rey Mysterio. I don't know if you remember Zach Gowan, the one-legged wrestler. (laughs) I I do. I mean, I was actually watching whenever he was there, um, you know, whenever he was actually wrestling, I guess, live. You know, um, but I have actually seen the clips of him later on. I'm thinking, yeah, if, you're, if your finishing move was a figure four, yeah, you couldn't do that to him. Well, Brock Lesnar actually picked him up and F5'd him and his one leg into the steel post. It's one mm-hmm. of the most brutal wrestling things um, you can find on YouTube, WWE-wise. On <laughs> um, that note, so on that note, Kyle, I was going to say, let's go ahead and we will take a commercial break real quick, and then we will come right back. And we are back. So continue on, Kyle. Uh, Brock Lesnar beating up the one-legged man. So the one-legged man, Zach Gowan, they're basically booking Brock as an absolute killing machine. He, he had a very memorable match where hardcore Holly – if you remember Bob Holly? Oh, yeah. I remember when, when he first came out as Sparky Plug at that he, uh, Royal Rumble 94. He had just uh, eaten up Matt Capitelli, and he tried to rough Lesnar up a little bit, and Lesnar just beat the tar out of him. And they, they say he had broken his a vertebrae in his back or entered his neck during the altercation. Hmm. Then he goes on to be the one that puts over Eddie Guerrero before WrestleMania 20. And this is where he's starting to get sick of the WWE lifestyle and puts over Eddie Guerrero it's going to go on to feud with Goldberg and get speared by Goldberg, Hog Slash, puts Eddie over, and goes on to wrestle Goldberg at WrestleMania 20 in one of the worst <laughs> WrestleMania matches. 
in the history of ever. <laughs> and, and the the crowd really turned on him. Well, they knew he was leaving. They knew he and Goldberg both were leaving. And, and crowd just chanting the whole match. And he he's basically done with WWE and tries to get out of his contract, tries out with the Vikings, gets into a fight at practice during training camp almost every day, and turns around and last man cut. Didn't want to be a practice squad player. Probably could have been an NFL player having not played college ball and having not played since high school could have been an NFL player if he was willing to go on the practice squad. And he would have moved up from there. Oh, definitely. I mean, because, I mean, his athletic ability is, you know, some of the top bar none. Yeah, there's not many people I think could have as much as much as athletic ability as Brock Lesnar does. Um, and you, you just see, you know, you see that in all his accomplishments. You know, and regardless of WWE being at work, I'm talking about USC, I'm talking about the NCAA uh, titles that he won. Um, you know, so, and the fact that he did have experience playing football, I mean, granted it was high school football, but the fundamentals would still be there. He could just build on that. So it actually sounds like it may have been his attitude that may have, Knocked him back some too. It, definitely a competitive fire. Oh yeah. Goes uh, tries out for the NFL. Last man cut from the Vikings, which was his hometown team. Goes over, has his lawyer fight the WWE contract. Goes to New Japan Wrestling. First match in New New Japan Wrestling wins the IWGP Heavyweight Title. It gets into an immediate contract dispute with New Japan and WWE. Ends up fighting that for a year and a half and turns around and wrestles Kurt Angle where he relinquishes the IWGP heavyweight title. That's his last wrestling match, and Brock Lesnar decides, well, I'm tired of this fake stuff, goes on to mixed martial arts, and takes a, takes a fight with a seven-foot Korean man named <laughs> Hong Bing Chin, knocks him out first round, and gets signed by the Ultimate Fighting Championship. This is where I became a Tremendous fan. I don't know if you remember Spike TV at the time. I do. I had watched uh, UFC my dad when I when I was a kid. We had seen one up until I think it was 40, 40 with Ken Shamrock where he fought Kit, Kit Ortiz. So I had, I had been watching for a while, and Brock Lesnar gets signed. And you're you're watching fake wrestling from I think it was eight to ten on Spike, 
And then right after that, you have the Ultimate Fighter, the UFC show uh, coming on right after that. Yeah, let's just, get away from, let's just get away from calling it fake, though. We can call it a work. We can call it choreographed. Choreographed. Predetermined. Uh, performance art, but compared to UFC, where they're actually fighting, uh, big comparison. I think WWE made a big mistake allowing the carryover of the WWE fan to be led into the Ultimate Fighting show, which they did, and it happened for several years. I think they lost quite a few fans during this period because of the Spike TV programming. But nonetheless, Lesnar goes on to wrestle Frank Mir, loses, but looks outstanding in a in defeat. Next fight faces Heath Herring, beats him up for three rounds, gets put into a heavyweight title shot against one of the greatest ultimate fighters uh, of the time, Randy Couture, defeats him by second round knockout. Lesnar is a star for Ultimate Fighting Championship. Then he gets sick. Let's see. Everything I read about him, he he ran through a streak of bad luck health-wise. The, the big thing was diverticulitis. And he basically, he goes through UFC 100, which is in July of 2009. And this event did 1.3 million pay-per-view buys. One of the highest uh, pay-per-view events in UFC history to this day. Headlined by Brock Lesnar. He goes, um, he's supposed to face Shane Carwin around November of 2009. He got sick. That's where he got the diverticulitis the first time. And fight gets delayed for a year. Ends up defeating Shane Carwin. How he survived that fight. Um, but defeat Shane Carwin. And he he's essentially lost, uh, I think they said... 12 feet of his gut. Dude, that's how much they cut out of him? That's how much they cut out of him. Tichelitis was serious. It almost took his life. Mm. Something where um, he's in Canada, and he, he actually gets treated and credits the Canadian doctors for his recovery. And for his treatment. They said uh, the American doctors were treating him for mono, mono, and then he got diagnosed with diverticulitis, had to have surgery, then he had to have the, the gut actually like cut out part, part of his gut taken out. And he's got a scar on his stomach for this. 
And he's never really the same as a fighter afterwards. So he loses his next fight to Cain Velasquez, which Cain was a tremendous fighter. Next fight he has is against Alistair Overeem, who's a stand-up fighter. And basically, Overeem destroys his gut with kicks and body shots and defeats him. That's Lesnar's last fight in December of 2011. And, you know, for $5 million a year, he decides he's going to come back to the WWE. He does this the night after WrestleMania. And who's he challenge? John Cena. Yep. And... And Cena has a lot of respect for Lesnar. He really does. He's, he's actually said something to the effect of he thinks Lesnar is the best in-ring performer there's ever been. I disagree with that, but we'll discuss that a little bit later. Well, he, he comes in, and you, you have a legitimate fighter here. Um, Johnny Laurinaitis wants to bring him on to bring legitimacy back to the card. He put him in, in with John Cena, and we talked about this in a previous episode. They had John Super Cena beat him in an Extreme Rules match on his first pay-per-view back. And everything that's wrong with WWE booking you bring in a brand-new star, you have John Cena beat him. Yeah, that'll take the wind right out of your sails. Your push just did come to a grinding halt, but it slowed down quite a bit. Well, if it didn't slow down there, his next feud is with Triple H. And he ends up... And he wins two of the three matches with Triple H. It debuts the Kimura lock, which is an arm or a shoulder lock. It is a very, very legit move, too. Yeah, I've been in it. It hurts a lot. Mm. But put it on Triple H and storyline break his arm. And then have Triple H six nights later at a boxing event with no cast. Come on, like you, you kind of do this to yourself. Yes, I mean I, I realize kayfabe is no longer a thing, but come on, like you said, you know, come on, at least go with it. Oh. Lesnar's been in the company, and he's basically returning for the four main pay-per-views. So they bring him on. He, he wrestled four pay-per-views, bigger, bigger buy rate. And they'd find a way to like storyline, write him out of the show. So he's been suspended a couple times. He's been injured. Either way. Um, goes on been in the company for two years and this is where we talked uh, about the Royal Rumble they feed him the big show 
at the Royal Rumble, make him look good, and they're setting him up for the Undertaker. Now, this is Lesnar, and Lesnar's legit. But for 21 years, 21 events, the Undertaker could not lose at WrestleMania. And the absolute shock that night when Lesnar beat him was unbelievable. Yes, the the dude on the um, my ringside, he had the ringside seats, and his face, you know, has become iconic since then. He's become um, almost a meme. I think I think he has been putting some memes, but his face when the, the referee hit the mat three times, and it wasn't the, the crowd reaction. It was like the anti reaction. So this huge pop is like. Oh. And, you know, they never actually rang the bell to say that the match was over. They've actually added that, um, that sound, basically that sound effect later on if you were to watch it on the network. But they never actually rang the bell. And they showed the graphic, and, of course, I mean, obviously it was over, but even I was watching, and somebody had accidentally spoiled it. Um, the network was new at the time, and somebody two minutes, two or three minutes before the ending, they were – um, ahead of me because there was there had been some glitches with the network so I actually knew I had a feeling that's what was going to because he texted me and went is it no effing way and I was like dude you're ahead of me he's like oh he's like my bad and I yeah because I, I had kind of figured it out but I was also hoping that it wouldn't happen in a way because I, I don't agree with them ending the streak right then but that's a story for another show. How does I, the match, the way the match finished, it, it was very anticlimactic. Yeah. So it, it didn't seem to go through a normal Undertaker match. It just looked like Lesnar overpowered him, and that was it. Well, one of the things um, that actually hurt the match quality and it was not intentional, obviously, but the Undertaker was legitimately concussed. And so Lesnar was having to lead him. Yeah, I think it was the first F5. Oh, no, it was oh, was he, when he went out of the ring and he hit his head. Was that when he got concussed? Yeah, at some point real early in the match. Yeah, and so Lesnar, basically, he was having to carry him the rest of the match. And, but, uh, uh, but on the flip side... It, what was there or is there a more legitimate or a more capable person? Uh, if you're going to end the streak, can you really name anyone other than Lesnar at that time to do it? At that time, if you if you said, okay, we have to end the streak right now, and the Undertaker is done, no more. Okay, and he's passing the torch on to somebody. Of course, you could also argue that that particular thing should have never ended. But um, at that time, so 2014, to look at the roster because a few years later, when Roman beat him, you could say, yeah, Roman was ready for that. 
and the Undertaker was ready to pass the torch on to him, but he was not yeah. ready in 2014. It sounds like the topic for a future show. But in 2014, Lesnar's it. And let's let's look at this financially. Five million dollars a year, and for the first two years, what'd you get out of him? The straight titles. Um, no, no. First two years, you have John Cena beat him. That did nothing oh. for him. Then you put him in a worthless feud with Triple H. That's not helping anyone at that time. Then you put him in with the big show. Like, are you getting $5 million out of Brock Lesnar? Is he worth the investment at that point? Uh, Let me think about that one while we take another commercial break. Now that I'm back, I have to say, no, you're actually not getting the worth of it. I mean, if you're going to pay a man $5 million, you would probably want him to at least win some matches because people don't like – they're not going to come watch somebody lose necessarily. Right. And here – so the greatest argument you have for Brock Lesnar is being 50-50 booked. So at this point, he's what? Three and two over his first two years in in the main pay per views. Oh, so yeah. with... The pay per views, yes. We don't know about all the uh, the Raws, the Smackdowns. If he if he is even on SmackDown, um, and and he was on some house shows. Well, he's there to pop house shows, right? And, and that's the thing. You haven't beat The Undertaker, and it's almost like an immediate reset. And now you have another star. Because in SummerSlam that year, 2014, he decimates John Cena. That's right, that was when he beat Cena down like he stole something. And it, it's something like 17... Excuse me, 16 suplexes. All Germans. Um, two F5s. And John Cena, being Superman himself, barely gets anything in. And the, the one or two him. times, the one or two times I've actually watched that match, I just know it was not a good match because it was so one-sided and you know, um, and it's hard to watch also because it's so one-sided. Now, being a Brock Lesnar fan and not the biggest fan of John Cena, I thought it was a tremendous match to watch. Oh, I'm pretty sure you were loving that one. But it's the birth of Suplex City because as he's throwing Cena around, what's he yell out? But Suplex City and then a curse word, yeah. which I can't say because this is a family-friendly. We're keeping it family-friendly. Now, Suplex City, most popular shirt of 2014-2015 because what do you have to do is you put Suplex City and you put Las Vegas, Nevada, and all the people in Las Vegas buy the shirt. Yep. 
as far as marketing, go to LA. LA was an absolute genius. Uh, just brilliant. Like, it's absolutely brilliant. Or as, uh, or as our truth calls it, Sioux Falls City. Sioux Falls City, that's right. <laughs> but go goes through. Um, wrestles a few matches and defends the title every couple months. But he's still making still the champion, but he's making less frequent appearances than a traditional champion. And that's my criticism of him. And I'm not even saying it's necessarily his fault, but of course, I mean you hear you hear through the grapevine and you hear through you know, some of the dirt sheets or some of the other podcasts and some of the videos you can catch on YouTube where they all report that he pretty much decides when he wants to have a match. And when you only wrestle 13 times in a year and you're the champion, so it looks like, I mean, you're not fighting anybody. So yes, you can hold on to your title if you're not, and and it doesn't matter if it's predetermined, if it's a work, if you're not fighting anybody, yeah, you're not going to lose it. Well, what is the kayfabe requirement? You only have to defend your title once 30 every days, thirty days. Once every thirty days, and but how many times has he busted that? A lot. But contract-wise, he's only contracted for so many appearances. And, and that's the, that's the WWE's fault. No, that's if I'm a wrestler. Uh, and I'm of Brock Lesnar's status. That is brilliant by his business manager, Paul Heyman, and whoever else worked on that contract. Is Paul Heyman his actual legit business manager as well? Yes. Okay. I had a feeling feeling he he might be. And and here's the thing I would argue. Brock Lesnar is, is the real world champion and the best of our generation because his appearances are still special. You can make him special, but then at the same time, when they show up and their matches are so one-dimensional, and yes, I do realize that was also the argument people started going against Flair, too. The reason why Flair's matches started looking very familiar with his spots where, okay, throw him over the top rope. He's going to flip. He's going to go to the next turnbuckle. He's going to, or he may just fall off the apron. Um, he's going to, he's going to do the face flop. He's going to get everybody press flair. I mean, everybody did an overhead press with him. Um, but he still had a lot more moves than Lesnar. And he would still let you pull stuff out of his repertoire that he you may not have seen for a while. With Lesnar, his match against McIntyre, that was one. It was suplex, suplex, F five, F five. He didn't pin him. McIntyre did like what two or three Claymores done. Well, when, oh, but oh, go earlier in, into into his reign. So who, who Lesnar? Um, his match against CM Punk was fantastic. The matches, and this, you actually brought this up earlier, the matches I actually like watching Lesnar in are the ones where he's going against somebody smaller, like a Daniel Bryan, like an AJ Styles, because those matches 
were great. And, you know, the one with Daniel Bryan, we're thinking, well, sorry, Daniel. You know, nice knowing you. And, yeah, he dominated him, and he, you know, for a while. But then when Daniel Bryan started coming back, and it was made to look legitimate, and then Bryan started mocking him. You know, with the kind of stance and jumping around that Lesnar does, you know, when he's right before his entrance, and Daniel Bryan started mo- mocking that. Um, but the match itself was great. AJ Styles gave him a great match. Um, and that one, I mean, you thought AJ was about to beat him, and he did his that form that he, um, the phenomenal form. But as soon as he he jumped up on the rope like he always does, and as soon as he was standing up, Lesnar grabbed him, and he had the perfect position for the F5, and boom, done. But that match was great. But like Lesnar against McIntyre, I love the outcome. The match itself was not that great. You know, Lesnar against Goldberg. You know, they had, what, three matches? And And grand total, what, five minutes total? Cumulative total? But, But that's all they have to be. Who got a bigger pop the night of uh, Survivor Series than Goldberg beating Brock Lesnar? But it's uh, their hot shot. No, what what is the objective of wrestling? To one, put butts in seats. Two, get people to buy pay per views or merchandise, and three. To elicit a crowd response. Was there... I know many people that bought the network for the month, Goldberg and Lesnar. I still can't can't call it, though. And so, maybe, that, maybe that's the old school coming out at me. And, and yeah, I mean, to me, Ric Flair will always be you know, the world champion, um, but because he went all over the world. I mean, he really did. Um, and I guess I do realize it's a different time. The territories are gone, you know, so you, maybe because Lesnar doesn't have as many opportunities as what Flair did. But Flair was a lot more of a complete well-rounded in everything he did. Rick Flair's promos, yeah. Lesnar can't cut a promo. Anytime well, he talks, but when Lesnar talks, he kind of sounds like a D-bag. I mean, he really does. He's a natural heel. He is. Yeah, I, I can't – him as a face, I'm like, uh, no. But as a heel, yeah, I mean, he is. he's fantastic. And he doesn't need to talk because he's got our generation's greatest mouthpiece, Paul Heyman. Oh, Paul Heyman, yeah. Paul Heyman's promos – uh, I don't. I don't think he could teach what he does because he is just so good at it naturally. You know, so the the act. And, and here's the thing, because um, WWE doesn't release pay per view numbers. It's all speculation. They don't release like network numbers or who really watched what during this time period for us to know. Brock Lesnar fought nine times in mixed martial arts. 
and it's documented that those events did 7.9 million pay-per-view buys. Average or total? Total. So nine events, any total of 7.9 million pay-per-view buys. So we're looking at, what, 800,000 an event, roughly. The man, people pay to see him, and that is the objective of wrestling. When Brock Lesnar is on Raw, the rating goes up. Well, they announced when he comes on Raw. Of course, he hasn't been on Raw now since WrestleMania, actually. And he can't because um, Brock Lesnar is a Canadian resident, and he lives in Canada, and he is prohibited from entering the country due to the COVID restriction. Actually, here's my wife's quote of the week. And, you know, for somebody who says that she doesn't watch wrestling, she actually has um, her own comments about it. And sometimes they're actually kind of funny. But when I was discussing this with her, her quote of the week would be, Brock Lesnar isn't there because he wouldn't be there anyway. And I'm inclined to agree with her. Because so many times he just said, no, I just I don't want to do it. He you know? does it. I don't want to do it. What he says is, if you want me to come, you pay me. What's it cost to get Brock Lesnar on Raw? Well, he's got the private jet. Nope. What's the the amount? We're trying to do math here? Brock Lesnar is contracted, according to another podcast, for every time he shows up on Raw, it costs him $250,000. It costs him or it costs the WWE? The WWE. So, of course, they're going to announce him to get their money's worth, to get the rating, or to get the, the views. And he would be on television now because SummerSlam is coming up. And he would be in a featured bout against somebody on SummerSlam. Or he could come back and he could, he could end up being part of the Wyatt family, but I really don't see that happening. Brock Lesnar will never be part of the Wyatt <laughs> But when Brock Lesnar's on television or announced to be on television or an announced for an event, People watch. That's what, that's the whole purpose of wrestling, to get eyes, to put people in seats, and to elicit a response. Actually, he could come back right now. He could be part of this whole fight club thing that Shane McMahon's doing. That sucked. (laughs) Is going to suck. And the punch that Bobby Lashley threw in the alleged underground missed. Dolph Ziggler looked like the baddest dude in the underground last night. Honestly, I haven't caught all of it yet because of just the time that it goes off. You know, so a lot of times I end up falling asleep and having to watch the rest of the next day, which I have not done today. 
um, and that's my fault. Uh, but I have seen some of the reviews from it, like the ups and downs, and it doesn't appear like it was a popular segment. It was all downs. Yeah. And it, it's the thing. The one match that they're missing and they can't book because they booked this guy so poorly is Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. I know that would be – I would watch that one now. I admit it because I like Bobby Lashley. He's another one. He, actually, he's very similar to Brock. Look at the size. I mean, he looks like what you would think a wrestler would look like. He's got a lot of good skills. Um, he's also very legit. I mean, he's, he's, he's legit with his fighting skills. I mean, he's a former ranger. You know, and that, I mean, he's a legit Army Ranger. But when he gets up there, he's a big guy. You can look real menacing, and then he speaks, and you're like, that voice does not match that body. You no, know, and the the one thing that makes Lesnar so special, and this is because of his influence and the fact he knows he's a draw. Lesnar doesn't get booked like crap like all the other wrestlers do now. Well, I think they're trying to turn that around, um, but they're not. No telling when Lesnar will be able to come back, though, um, because we don't know when they're going to lift all the the lockdowns. You know, we don't know when the borders will be open again. You know, for him to come back through uh, from Canada, and so we don't know when he'll be able to travel. I mean, and I actually can't blame the man. I mean, his. You know, he's married. He's got kids. Um, apparently, he's got two grown kids. I didn't realize they were that old yet. Well, he's and, got kids. Um, and he's married to Sable. And Brock Lesnar's promos in Ultimate Fighting Championship history at UFC 100, where he goes on to say, I'm going to drink me a Coors Light because Bud Light doesn't pay me anything. And if I feel like it, I'm going to climb on top of my wife tonight. Biggest crowd response reaction ever <laughs> in the ultimate fighting. We can't do that in WWE, though, because they, with the, with the rare exceptions, Cena being one of them, um, and The Rock, you know, the rare occasion that he comes back just to make an appearance, they write all the promos. They script all no, the promos but, for him. But they do not for Lesnar. They and don't for Lesnar. Well, Paul Heyman does his speaking for him. They don't do his promos. They don't put him on television every week. When he comes, he's special. The last uh, of this special attraction. I, I don't think that will last much longer though um, especially the longer we go without him uh, wrestling without him actually showing his face and it's not this actually is not his doing but the longer the, the longer we go without seeing his face and by the time he comes back people may say okay hey, where have you been it won't well, be as special 
let's pause on that thought because I know you got one more break. I do. And let's go ahead and take that commercial break and we will wrap this up. All right. All right. On that subject, I think you have such a bias against Brock Lesnar because <laughs> you're, you're programmed <laughs> to your childhood hero, Ric Flair. And this is where I'm different because I saw Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was not on my television every week wrestling. And I relate to that. And same thing, training in martial arts and being into the things I'm into, Brock Lesnar wrestles the same way he would fight. And I think that's that's why you like Brock Lesnar so much, because he reminds you more of you and your aspirations. Make sense? True. But tell me, if you got into a fight tonight, if someone broke into your house, and you got into a fight. Are you going to fight him for 60 minutes, or are you going to put him down as fast as you can? I would shoot him. Of course, I mean, granddad's anybody who tried to break in my house. But yeah, I wouldn't try I, to fight him. I would shoot him. <laughs> I would just shoot him flat out. That's what Jim Cornette said about him, too, because they had some issues. And um, we can talk about that offline, because if you're talking about Cornette, you know, it, it definitely does not go with family-friendly but you hear him talk about Brock Lesnar, and he's not—he doesn't appear to be too fond of him, and he tells why, and it's kind of graphic. And but he actually said, he said, "I wouldn't fight him. He said, I'd just shoot him." He said, "I'm going to try to fight somebody like him, you know, as big as what he is." And you know, he said, "I would just shoot him." And I feel the same way. I mean, I well, like you said a couple of weeks ago, yeah, a shotgun, a stun gun, and four friends. Hey, and even then, I. I'm still picking on 50-50. But yeah, especially since, you know, if you decide I'm going to be one of your friends, and I'm, I'll be like, well, see you later. <laughs> you know, you're not dragging that, me into that. But that's the thing. The most special attractions that WWE has had on television the last 10 years, Brock Lesnar wrestled occasionally, and every time he came out, it was special. Ronda Rousey wrestled occasionally. Every time she was on TV, it was special. Becky Lynch was the most over character they had on television. And they overused her and they ruined her specialness and made her another wrestler by the end of end of her run. And now she's pregnant. She's not going to be on TV. When Lesnar is announced to come back, the ratings are going to go up. Yeah, because I don't think I don't think they'll have him do a surprise entrance. Drew McIntyre wrestles every week. Yeah. And, and you just change the channel. If you watch it, you watch it. That goofy faction they debuted last night, that embarrassment of an announcement, whatever. I I, I ain't ever going to turn on Rod. Which one are you talking about? The, the Fight Club thing? Or are you talking about MVPs 
uh, no. factions. The goofy people that dressed in ninja costumes and lit. Oh, fire. yeah. Um, with uh, I cannot remember the Japanese guy. It, no, it's it's not different. Tibala. They have a they have a name for this group. Nothing. Brock Lesnar is is real. And when he comes on television, people are going to watch. If you change the channel and you see Lesnar on the screen, you're going to watch and you're going to look. Who's this monster? They don't have that. And that's, that's the difference today. Who's this guy? What's he about to do? When Brock Lesnar tore up that... Uh, who is it? Um, Jamie Noble's car when he was wrestling this. Oh, when he pulled the door off and he and he um, and he threw the door. You talking about that time? When he ripped the vehicle apart. With yeah. The well, I mean, they had the door gimmicked. I mean, I mean, you know, he they might be able to rip it off with his bare hands, but uh, and then he threw the door because he actually hit somebody with it accidentally, and then. Like, you can't tell me, because I, I know I post it on Facebook all the time, when he won Money in the Bank and came out as beatbox Brock Lesnar and taunted Kofi Kingston and Seth Rollins, that was the best thing on TV for weeks that WWE produced. Brock Lesnar pretending he has a beat, beatbox. I give you about. I will give you about thirty more seconds, and then we gotta move on to what we're gonna be doing next week. Um, so real world champion, best thing on WWE television today, and 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 I do think you 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 can't compare a Ric Flair to Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar would tear him up. Well, they're both in Minnesota, um, but two different times, two different styles, and Ric Flair will always be the man. Until but, he gets him, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> All right, uh, so next week, our topic, we're going to do another top ten or what we we perceive to be the top ten, and this time we're going to go back a, l- a little ways. Ten choices who should have beat Hulk Hogan between the years 1984 and 1988. Uh, to be more specific, from the time that Hogan won the title from the Iron Sheik in Madison Square Garden to the time he lost it to Andre the Giant on the main event when they had the twin referees. So. Unique discussion, unique top ten list here because we both watched Ric Flair. We just talked about him. Ric Flair lost the title 16 different times, really more. And we look at him as a a champion, the second-best champion ever behind Brock Lesnar because you had the chase, you had the defense, and he made a bigger star because he put over other wrestlers. Could Hulk Hogan have been bigger 
could the WWF have been bigger than it was during the 80s if Hulk Hogan put over somebody and lost the title and chased it for a while against our choice? Yeah, and you want to talk about somebody whose matches, well, especially the last probably two minutes of the matches, last minute of the matches, all look very, very familiar. They were very carbon copy. It, you know, the Hulk up, point you, you know, foot to the face, or punch, 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 foot, foot to the face, leg drop, one, two, three, Hogan must pose. And it worked. And it worked. And it put I mean, I mean, I'll admit, I was, I was still a teenager, a young teenager, um, but I was in my freshman year of high school whenever Hogan lost to Andre. So I was, I was, I would have been fourteen. But I was, I was a big Hogan mark. I mean, I admit it, but I was also a kid, so I was supposed to be. But so, all sorts of choices. We are limiting to WWF contracted wrestlers only during this period that he he wrestled. Uh, we could obviously say Ric Flair, Kerry Von Erich, um, Junkyard Dog, all sorts of. And just for the sake of argument, we'll go faces and heels because and- the only face Hogan ever really wrestled was the Warrior, and that was that was a few years later. And we want to see some top 10 lists on Facebook over the next week. And see if your lists match ours. Yes. I mean, send us us who you think. We'll compile all of them. And then we will give the rankings. We We will give whoever the top 10 plus any kind of honorable mentions that may show up as well. So we appreciate any kind of feedback. Remember Armchair Booking Podcast at gmail.com. Go to facebook.com slash armchair booking podcast. And you can always check us out on iTunes. You can check us out on Stitcher. Just look up Armchair Booking. You should be able to find us. On that note, Kyle, anything you want to say, everybody? We got 10 seconds left, so we will talk to you next week. Yep, my friend, I will talk to you later. Woo! Woo!